0: Welcome to the MarTech
1: Podcast. I'm your host, Benjamin Shapiro, and today we're going to talk about why marketers should consider making daily podcasts. Joining us is Doug Bell, who's the CMO of Lean Data, which delivers modern revenue orchestration for today's growth leaders. Doug is also the host of the Revenue Generator Podcast, a member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. And today, Doug and I are going to discuss why he decided to start a daily podcast. All right, here's my conversation with Doug Bell, the CMO of Lean Data. Doug, welcome back to the Martech podcast. Glad to be back. Always a pleasure to have you here, Doug. Look, I need a favor from you. We've been working on this project together, the Revenue Generator podcast, and I want to tell people about how it's going. And a big part of that is understanding the rationale for you, the host and the sponsor of the podcast, for basically putting in your time, effort, and budget into building a daily podcast. So let's start off. Tell everybody what lean data is, what it's about, and where you are from a marketing perspective.
2: We are a platform that helps connect buying signals to buying decisions. And what does that mean? At the end of the day, my company is extremely good at taking things like leads or intent data and making sure the people that are going to take an action against that information are aware. And 90% of it is making sure it's getting to the right person at the right time.
1: Okay. Right person, right place, right time. You're like the matchmaker of the data world.
2: I am the matchmaker of the data world. That is correct.
1: All right. So talk to me a little bit about lean data and marketing. You are a B2B company, a SaaS company, a high growth company, borderline, a unicorn. For companies, your size, stature, growth problems, what are some of the things from a marketing maturity that you're working on? And what are some of the problems you're facing?
2: If you're pre-scale, and we're definitely pre-scale, what I mean by that is we're still looking for scale efficiency in terms of how we run our business, but we have explosive growth. So we're seeing this kind of big hockey shape happening on the right end. If you're clever, you're looking out six quarters in advance and you're saying, okay, what are the things going to trip up this growth? And for an organization like Lead Data, quite often, you're leaning, no pun intended, into short-term investments that are going to drive a lot more pipeline. And you've probably, over time, not been able to figure out how to drive awareness, right? And I think that's pretty typical, Ben. I I think you and I have worked a lot of software companies, and you tend to sacrifice that short-term need for pipeline, meaning you're not investing as much in awareness. That is true for Lead Data. We are a really well-kept secret. And I'm facing that type of situation. I'm thinking, great. I'm looking for twofers.
1: Doug, what do you mean by twofer?
2: Okay. I'm looking for every opportunity I can to do one thing well and do the other thing well at the same time. Meaning, and I banned this the idea of awareness and lead gen yesterday. So I'm going to use short and long-term growth. Wherever I can take an activity that allows me to create short-term and long-term growth, I'm going to do it. Thus the podcast.
1: So talk to me before we get into the podcast, talk to me about some of the challenges that you face in the role of a CMO at this growth stage company. You're managing demand, Jen. You have to focus on awareness. I'm sure that there's some sort of a team, staff building. Your time has to be a scarce resource. What's the day-to-day like for you?
2: Well, Ben, I almost want to pull up my calendar and show you, but a good day, I'll have uh, 15 to minutes to a half an hour to, say, hit the restroom. That's my calendar, and it usually leaks into the weekend. So I'm a busy, busy, busy boy. And I'm a busy boy because I'm trying to juggle this idea of short and long-term growth and prioritize things for my team. IT. So it's packed.
1: Okay, so look, we worked together. We worked together at your last company where you were the CMO. We built a podcast. It started to gain some traction, and when you took the role of CMO, we sat down together and said, "We want to work together. How are we going to do that?" And I pitched you on the idea of we should do another podcast, but it should be a daily podcast and this time you're going to be the host. Now, without saying how you felt about that at first, I want you to tell everybody what your agencies and the people that you told that you were thinking about doing a daily podcast said when you raised the idea.
2: Well, I pay them, but I also pay them to push back on me. And I have to say that's true for my teams. And I had, by the time I mentioned this to them, given them the leeway, the permission to push back. And to a person internally, they said, that's nuts.
1: That's nuts. You shouldn't create a daily podcast and yet, for some reason, you decided to do it anyway. So walk me through the rationale for you wanting to host and sponsor a podcast.
2: I think I need to give a little background here, Ben, which is that I'm going to put myself in this conversation understanding that it was really mostly one Benjamin J. Shapiro pulling this up. But we started a couple podcasts together, right? And we did it, I don't want to say as a lark, but it was an exercise of trying to create additional awareness for a company we worked at together, right? And I saw what the lift was like. I was there. If you will, I was the midwife in some level to this whole attempt to grow this awareness function. And I have to say, if anybody should have been scared and be informed as a buyer, it would have been me having watched this whole thing happen. So when we initially started talking about it and you threw that at me, I'm like, there's no way because I saw the lift.
1: I mean, tell everybody the story. Look, we were thinking about me coming on board at the company that we were working on. We couldn't figure it out and connect the dots and finish our negotiation. And the MarTech podcast was taking off. And so I decided I was going to go do this full time. And you said, in my opinion, no, no, don't leave. What do you want to do here? And I said, I'll create another podcast for you, but I'm going to create podcasts. You said, all right, great. We want to do something focused on CMOs. And I said, but you're a search company. Why don't we do a CMO-focused podcast? And we'll do a search-focused podcast and see which one does better.
2: You'd never forget. You always have to bring this up, Ben. You always have to drag me through this, folks. Let me shorten this conversation a bit. Ben and I sat down and I said, I need to get to the CMO suite. Organic and SEO and content are strategic. This is my way to get there. And Ben said, no, 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 no. Your audience is SEO, right? Who had the right call? What do you tell everybody?
1: <laughs> Voices a search podcast is still a thing, right? It gets thirty to fifty thousand downloads a month at this point, and it's the second pillar of the I Hear Everything podcast network. So I I think that that one's the one that was more successful. The trend spotting podcast made it through about thirty episodes.
2: Yeah. Okay. So who backed trend spotting? I did. Ben, you were right. So that trust was there for me when you approached me about this.
1: It only took a couple of years for me to say, I told you so, sorry, Doug. (laughs) So we'd seen this stuff work together.
2: We had seen it work. I also knew the magic of when it did start working. So the magic was that there were three things that just, and again, I'm I'm very intentionally using this term magic. And those three things were one, we were creating an audience, but we were creating an audience. We were creating awareness on a one-to-one basis. And what did search metrics have and still have an enormous amount of, which is direct SEO expertise. And so it was putting us in a spot where people were constantly hearing about this amazing company. And by the way, amazing company as reflected through these amazing people. It was second thing. Third thing was the retargeting. So it was being in this place where as you were building an audience and people were downloading the podcast, we were able to create lookalike audience and begin marketing to people who, by the way, were showing up and going, I want to learn about SEO. I think it's a pretty good target market, wouldn't you say? Target audience.
1: So you knew that there was some connection between building an awareness channel and the way that we were using the data that's pulled out from the podcast to do demand gen and start building into the revenue funnel. It still doesn't talk about the amount of time that it takes to produce a podcast. And this is really what I want to prove that we are now less than 1 month in to running the revenue generator podcast. So, I'd like for you to tell everybody what the process was like and how time consuming it was for you, somebody who had never hosted a podcast before, to learn how to host a podcast and get to the point of launch on a daily show.
2: Let me tell you what I get to do. Every week I get to talk to these incredibly talented, brilliant, bright people who have something to say about something I care about. And my lift to get those people is very, very low. So initially, Ben, it was about 10 hours a week. And that 10 hours a week was largely time misspent because I think, frankly, I was overpreparing. As it stands right now, I'm looking at typically two to three hours a week for a daily podcast.
1: So, we're doing three hours a week for the production of two interviews, five episodes, a daily podcast. Doug, talk to me a little bit about the initial results. What have you seen at Lean Data in terms of adoption of the podcast? And what are some of the signals that you look at to figure out whether it's going well or not?
2: I mean, you've got the vanity metrics, Ben. And I, I think these are important things. Don't get me wrong. But then you also have kind of the subjective. So on the vanity metric side, and I have to say, I'm incredibly proud of this. I have to to give I hear everything, you know, almost uh, 4% of the credit. But we achieved 10,000 downloads in our first month. And I'm going to go back in time to 2018-19. How long did it take us to get to that point for Voices of Search?
1: I don't remember how long it took for Voices of Search. I know for the MarTech podcast, we started selling advertising because we hit 10,000 downloads, and that took 11
2: months. Well, there you go, folks. So there's a machine that sits behind both the sourcing of guests and the production of the content. And then I think ultimately, it really comes down to your confidence and your ability to have a great conversation.
1: So you feel like you've been trained to be able to have a great conversation with people that are relevant in your industry. We've hit about 10,000 downloads in the first month. Talk to me about how you think of driving business results from a podcast. You mentioned this is good for awareness building. Great. 10,000 downloads. A couple thousand people have listened to the content you've produced. But what does that mean for the business?
2: So 10,000 downloads, let's just say that's an incredibly successful awareness month. We'll just start there, right? Long-term growth. The other piece, and I mentioned this at the beginning of our conversation, Ben, is I'm always looking for 2 firsts. So the other side of that is to say... How am I able to take an audience that has expressed interest in a topic that is incredibly germane to both them, but also to lean data? And of course, the topics we tend to cover are around making your revenue engines higher performing, right? And that's really the core of what we do. I now have a digital audience. I have a lookalike audience that I can go and market to. That's a twofer.
1: So it's not just the number of ads. It's not just the number of impressions. It's not the number of downloads. You're able to get a better sense of the actual people that are listening to your podcast. Doug, off the top of your head, can you guess how many people or how many unique devices have listened to the Revenue Generator podcast in the first 28 days? 400. 519. Pretty close. Wow.
2: Ben, it was a week ago. It was 400. So (laughs) the rocket ship, folks.
1: All right. Well, Doug, any last words on your thought about creating a daily podcast and uh, the rationale and impact it's had on lean data?
2: I have to say, I don't want to encourage other folks to start podcasts that compete with mine. So if you're out of my space, guys, absolutely worth it. Dig in, dive in, do it now.
1: All right, Doug, thanks again for being our guest and telling everybody about the success you've seen from building the Revenue Generator podcast. Thank you, Ben. And that wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks for listening to Doug Bell, the CMO of Lean Data. If you'd like to get in touch with Doug, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact him on Twitter. His handle is Market Advocate, or you can visit his company's website, which is leandata.com. You can also find Doug's podcast, the Revenue Generator podcast at revgenpod.com.